2: Pack-a-day podcast. Welcome back Packers fans to the Pack-A-Day podcast, the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I am one of your co-hosts here, Jason Perrone of the Pack-A-Day podcast and the Quick Clans podcast over at Game On Wisconsin, along with Mark Eckle of Packer Report, Mark, the preseason Somehow it was almost over. I feel like it was just yesterday when we were they were doing mini camps. It's crazy.
1: It does fly. It? I mean, mm-hmm. and the fact that there's only 3 instead of 4 makes it go even quicker, so that's, that's
2: yeah, another thing. Yeah, so there is a game tonight. The Packers yes. will take on the Kansas City Chiefs and there was up until recently some question about who might play, who might we see. Well, the starters are not going to play, so we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers or anybody mm-hmm. A significance now it sounds like Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are going to have a chance to play a little bit so we'll get a little we may get our first chance or should get our first chance to see Christian Watson in some game action and of course the young players that's what preseason is all about but only three games instead of four so this is where and then it's interesting Mark then they've got a week and a half two weeks to get prepped for week one make that roster moves and all that other kind of stuff so it's really changed yeah, I'm,
1: I, you know, the third, you know, going from three to four or from four to three, I should say, um, is a good move. I appreciate, you know how I feel about preseason, but, um, yeah, I, I thought when they said they were going to do this and they did it last year, I guess I just wouldn't pay it. It is a long break now. It's a long break between your last preseason game and your first real game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I guess is a good thing, right? I
2: mean, is that why the Packers? I cut you off. Sorry, I was going to say, is that why the Packers said they wanted the late buy because they're like, oh, well, we basically get one in week zero. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, so does, does. everybody does, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, they'll be. I mean, I still, I know, and we we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and and you, they're doing what what you wanted and, and suggested, which is not play anybody. I'm still against that. Um, I I understand, you know, guys get hurt, and, and you don't want anybody getting hurt in a preseason game. But guys get hurt in practice too. I mean, David Bakhtiari blew his knee out in a practice, right? Right. Yep. So does that mean you shouldn't practice and all oh, year? Don't practice? Obviously, David Bakhtiari no. got hurt in practice?
2: Yeah, obviously not. No, you're gonna practice. Right.
1: Right. So I just I have that that's that Saints game and it as it turned out it didn't mean a thing because the Packers Bounce back from that awful opening day to still get the top seed in the NFC. So, but this first week is against the Vikings, and I don't want to see them come out and play the way they did against the Saints, against the Vikings, mm-hmm. and and lose to the Vikings. Right, because it's then the Vikings, I hate the Vikings. Well, hey, we hate them. Mind. They're
2: a division opponent, Then you're in a hole. Yeah, you don't want any of that. Right, and
1: it's the Vikings. Right. And I don't care if, if if the if the Packers go sixteen and one, and the Vikings go one and sixteen. I still don't want to lose to the Vikings.
2: Right. No, I agree with you. That's is
1: me, I agree. just because I, – like a lot of people hate the Bears, and I don't, I don't hate the Bears. I, I don't, I really don't. I don't like them, but I don't hate. I hate the Vikings. Vikings are my least favorite team, in maybe in all sports. Okay. Yeah, I think it is. I would say in all sports. Yeah.
2: Okay. Well, we're gonna talk a little bit about what the Packers might do with the roster and and all that other good stuff. But as we always do, let's do a little a little bit of weather, shall we, Mark?
1: Yeah, that's all we, we have to
2: do. With it. So that's what we do. Starting with uh, Robin Erickson in Oslo, Norway, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, no wind. Cooling off a little bit, I guess there. And then our friend Felix in Germany said, "Hey, thank you for the for the well wishes. Just got back after a successful cornhole tournament weekend in the Netherlands. Um, he's how do back. Do he well, he didn't say how he did. He just said successful,
1: successful, successful. So that's you good, well.
2: right? But he he's back in Offenburg, Southwest Germany." I uh, said uh, late summer weather with temperatures between fifty nine at night and eighty six in the afternoon. It's not too bad. Okay. No, so no, no, no. yeah, they're gonna they're looking forward to a good harvest and uh, some good grapes for his vineyard, for his winery. Yes. And then we've also got, and I think I might have gone out of order here. Uh, I did go out of order actually because right. Istvan chimed in. Now he's also from Germany, but he's in vacationing in Antalya, Turkey, and. <laughs> which is on the which is on the western side of of Turkey. So, I don't know, maybe maybe I I am still doing okay here uh, as far as as that goes, but he says it's mid mid 80s, mid 70s, but it feels like over 90 and the water temperature is also in the 80s. That sounds warm. That's like warm yeah, water. It does. You, you being a beach goer, you know, you you can appreciate or understand when when beach water is warm, right? Yes.
1: It's very warm here.
2: Yeah. You mentioned and you you mentioned that too, and and I guess so. As far as across the pond, that's those are our entries, and thank you as always for everybody who sends in their weather from across the pond. So now that brings us to you at Myrtle Beach. So how is the water? Is it warm? And how is how is everything looking on the beach?
1: You know, water's very warm. Water's been it's 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 not. I mean, I like it when it's warm, but sometimes it's like too warm. Like you want to cool off when you land on the beach and it gets a lot. Yeah, you know, let me jump in the water and cool off. You go in the water, you really don't cool off because water's pretty warm. Right. Um, the weather though has been been a little rainy. We've had some um, not like not constant all the all day rain, but it's been those it those what do they call them scattered thunder showers. I so guess we've been getting hit with yeah. hit with some of that. And um, but it's been about 84, 85, temperature wise. Okay. So it's cooling off from the from the nineties that we had. A little warmed up a little bit last week. Remember I told you it wasn't it was we weren't even getting to eighty. Uh, so it's it's warmed up a little bit, um, but a little, it's been some cloudy rainy days, which we don't like
2: those. All right. Well, the same in the Midwest, in Green Bay, the Dairyland state of Wisconsin, it is raining high of 74, low of 62. The rain started, it started in uh, Wednesday night and it's carried on through Thursday. So that's the, the weather in Green Bay where the Green Bay Packers play and reside. And then our friend Isaac Hanks is back from his vacation he was vacationing in uh, the north woods of wisconsin so he is back uh, topping out around 80 degrees fahrenheit similar weather prevailing through the end of the month summer winding down on a pleasant note he says here i mentioned la nina cuz he said it was la nina yep. which plays with the weather around the the country he said so that he said that uh, that you mentioned last week is not strengthening which will cement its return for a third straight fall this has not happened in 20 years The last time it did, Wisconsin got around four feet of snow in December, so we'll see how this one pans out. So, could be some football weather sooner than not in Green Bay for for the Packers and whoever it is that's coming to visit them. And then over here in the Great Phoenix locale, it's been rainy. Like I said, we still have been getting a little bit of rain every day, which is keeping the temperatures lower than normal. Now, I know that it's still really hot, so we're hovering right around 100, but we've also had some summers where right now we could be in the 110, 115 range, and we just haven't had it. Because we keep getting these storms that come through and just keep the temperature at bay. It's been a little bit more humid, but it's it's not as incredibly sunny as, or as hot. I should say it's sunny for sure, but not as hot as it could be otherwise. So that's the Phoenix weather. And then rounding it out, as always, our friend Harry over in Kamloops, Canada. Been a few days of thunderstorms in the area. Nothing serious. High of 91, low of 64. Warming up into the weekend. That's crazy. It gets that hot still. I say that every week. I feel like a broken record. But, you know, in Canada, we just, you know, we have these preconceived notions that it's 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 always cold, right? Tundra and and icy all the whole time. So exactly. But so we kind of started talking about the Packers and and roster stuff. And we talked a little bit before the show started. So this this is going to be I mean, as far as the, the game itself. Uh, I guess we should start there since that's what's coming up uh, before we get into roster stuff because the roster stuff will come after the game. So I know that your big mantra, Mark, is just get out of the game healthy and it's a good right. game or successful. But What are you looking for most in this preseason game three?
1: Well, what I'm looking is since the, the guys, you know, the Rogers and Jones and Lazard and all those guys aren't going to play, Again, I well, Jordan Love, right? Let's 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 start with him. Um, played better, played. I thought he played pretty well against the Saints. Took, he took a step forward from his first game. Take take that take another step. No turnovers last week. That very good. I don't want so let's have, let's put back to you back. No no turnovers together, right? Made some very nice throws last week. His numbers again didn't jump out because he had, he had there were five dropped passes. He had those five had those five drops as completions and the yards that go with them, and all of a sudden his numbers look very good. So I want to see, you know, love take that next step, you know, does keep getting better because, you know, for better or worse, he's part of the future, whether, whether he's the future quarterback of the green Bay Packers, when Aaron Rodgers retires, or if Aaron Rodgers never retires, then the Packers will eventually move love to somewhere else and get something for him. So the better he plays, the more they'll get. But, um, I think he's going to be the Packer quarterback sooner than later. Um, so well, yeah, another, you know, that's, that's the main thing. After that, there, there's still a lot of jobs on the line, a lot of tough decisions that uh, Brian Guttenkunst and his staff and Matt Lafleur, I'm sure Matt Lafleur is in on these, these discussions, uh, have to make. Um, we know there's probably 40 something or more, maybe about yeah, 40 mid 40s of guys that know they're on the team. And They're the ones that aren't playing, but there are some some tough decisions that have to be made. Let's let's, let's start on offense. With wide receiver,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, right. I, at, at at one point, I figured they're they're going to keep six wide receivers, right? And at least six. Oh, were,
2: for sure, six.
1: Right, and 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 that, and that was all. And the six were pretty easy to figure out: the three veterans, and Lazard, Cobb, and and Watkins. Some people thought Watkins was was borderline, but no, he was never an issue. That Watkins was—I didn't think that what he was going to make the team. Um, and then the, you know, and then the two rookies, Watson. And and Dobbs were going to make it, and Amari Rogers because they weren't going to give up on a guy after one after his rookie year, and a guy that they took in the third round. So that that was the six. And I didn't I thought everybody else was there just for camp and let's see what they got and maybe try to squeeze a you know sneak a few onto the practice squad. But now apparently, Jawan Winfrey, uh, who has shown signs have, in the past of of being a being a decent wide receiver, has had a very good camp. The quarterback keeps you know, talking about him doesn't hurt his chances, obviously. And he's and for the first time in his career, he's he's he stayed healthy through camp. So he might make him he's making that decision tough. then the other guy is is the seventh round draft pick, Tory out of Nebraska, who has also had a nice camp and. He's also shown he can play some, some special teams and, and, and play them well and he's willing to play special teams. So and I and again, it's easy to say, well, cut him and put him on a practice squad. And I think that's in a perfect world. That's what they would like to do. But it only takes one team, it only takes the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Houston Texans <laughs> or the New York Giants or the, you know, Seattle Seahawks to to say, Oh, this guy in the Packers drafted him, he had a pretty good camp. Let's sign him. Right. So and then you lose them and, and keep this in mind when you when you think about the wide receivers. I, I could be wrong, but I think the only the, I know for a fact that Lazard's contract is up at the end of the year. Cobb's on a one-year deal. Watkins is on a one-year deal. I don't know Winfrey's status. I don't know if, what is he he could be in his, on his last year as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That leaves you with just Dobbs, Watson, and Rogers for next year. So you know and and the Packers look at I mean they they think this way they 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 look a year ahead when they, when they do things. So if Tory is part of your future and you think he could be a, and you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a star or even a starter, but if he's a guy that you think is going to be in that, you know, in that mix of wide receiver, you really don't want to lose him, you know, on a, on a, on a waiver claim. So I don't know what they're going to, I mean, to me, I want to say that that's, that's the big thing is can they, can they keep seven or eight wide receivers?
2: Remember when five? Remember when six was a big hot? Was like yeah. a, a really bold take, and now we're talking yeah. about seven. Uh, Jawan Winfrey is on a one year deal, of twenty twenty two only, so it's just one year contract.
1: So there's another. So that's the thing. I mean, they could lose all of those guys if they keep Winfrey
2: instead of Torrey, and then they lose Torrey. Then
1: then they only have three guys that they're, that are guaranteed to be back here next year, right? And two are rookies that we don't know if they're any good or not. Yeah. And three of them, Rogers is the second. We don't know if he. I mean, they only have three guys signs for 2023 and we don't know if any of them are any good all three could be bad right we don't know we've never seen him rogers hasn't showed, did, showed not, i think i think he'll get better but he, as of today he showed he didn't show anything and watson hasn't hasn't played yet dobbs has had his moments but they're, they're, they're preseason moments right so you have three very unproven guys on your team for next year
2: right that's you know, i don't know Uh, Well, that makes some intrigue. I mean, it makes for some intrigue for the Packers. And it's not just if you can look beyond just this season, which a lot of fans are going to just look at this season and say, what are they doing to construct the roster, Super Bowl, that kind of stuff. But you know how Goody is. Goody's always looking two or three years ahead or longer or or further. The other thing we talked about beforehand, too, is and this is a cautionary tale to our fan bases, Packers fans and so did fans of other teams, too wildly overvalue their own players so you get some practice squad. I shouldn't even say practice squad because you don't know if he's going to be on practice squad, but you get some bottom of the depth chart player who has a really good camp or really good preseason playing against second and third stringers. And then fans go crazy when the team cuts him because they're like, oh my God, he's going to get claimed right away. And two or three days later, he safely lands back on the practice squad. Not a single team inquired about him. So that's, that's, and I had asked you, I had asked you too, just for comparison's sake too, how often over the many years that you were in Philadelphia that you saw them lose a player, them get a player get swiped out from under them that they didn't really plan for? I feel like teams generally have, a, hopefully, a, a, have a decent pulse. I mean, I don't, they don't know everything. They don't have a crystal ball, but they should at least have some idea.
1: Well, you do. You know how some, t- but every year there's, what, four, five new general managers in the league? Right. New head coaches, and you don't know how they
2: think. don't know the tendencies, right.
1: You know the Vikings have a new GM. The Bears have a new GM. I mean, they're brand new GM. You don't know their their tendencies. Well, we know the Vikings.
2: Know. We know the Vikings love to pluck whoever the GM is. They love to pluck former guys or former Packers. Right. So you know, I'm sure that that'd be interesting too. Then then you'd have a guy who was just in camp with us for, for and, well, and exactly. now they're playing against us in Week One. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or they are on the roster all yeah. the
2: time?
1: Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you a guy, and this is gonna this is a this is a guy that Packer fans know all too well that the Eagles cut and we're probably we're hoping to get him onto the practice squad, and he didn't get there. Or maybe he didn't, and then he was signed off to practice squad. I don't remember how it worked. But the the running back, Raheem Moster, who went mm-hmm. with San Francisco. Oh, geez, yeah. the got it ran for like 7,000 so yards. So it was the Eagles' the fault
2: that he ended up with the Niners.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a sense, yes, it was. They kept him. But, yeah, so, they, I mean, it happens. It happens. I've seen it happen where – and, I, and you bring up the Eagles, and that's a team that I obviously, you know, I covered them for 30-some years. They were cautious in, in that regard, where they would, they would keep a guy that you, you were a little surprised sometimes that they kept him over somebody else. And the reason was, they didn't think they could get him. They, and that, this is during the Andy Reid era, a lot of times, where a lot of Andy's former assistants had become head coaches other places. Guys like John Harbaugh or Ron Rivera or um, Steve Spagnola, Brad Childress, whatever. Uh, they were in the league at the time, and you know they talk, right? So Andy knew that if he cut this certain guy, that Harbaugh really liked them, or Childress really liked him or Spagnola really liked him. So he was—they weren't—they weren't, they weren't going to make it to their practice. They weren't going to make it past those those teams. So sometimes they would keep a guy, and again, with the, the, a lot of times the future is is in play. You and one thing the Packers do that the Eagles didn't do—the Eagles, the Eagles kind of kept it. For the most part, position they they didn't they rarely went too heavy one in one spot or too too light in another spot. As a matter of fact, speaking of Andy, I once I I said to him something about Andy, you're 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 a little light at defensive end or something. He went, I'm not light anywhere, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right.
1: which was pretty good for him.
2: Witty Andy, um, yeah.
1: But um, the Packers under especially under under Gutenkunz and even under Ted at times, they don't really look at positions. Sometimes they don't they'll keep they'll keep the 53 guys that they feel are the, are the best 53 guys for them. And now especially with special teams taking more of an emphasis, I mean, it was always it should have always been somewhat of an emphasis, but now it's really more of an emphasis. So basically, you're saying, you know, if, if Torrey and Winfrey are both going to play special teams, say they're your two gunners on on special teams. Well, yeah, they're they're quote unquote wide receivers but they're helping your special teams. So if they're better than a, than a sixth or seventh cornerback would be, what's the difference what, what what position they wear? I mean, what position they play or what number they wear? They're better at that. you know. Right. That's why it looks like Tyler Davis is going to make Tyler Davis who is not making it as a tight end because he hasn't played. But apparently they really like him on special teams, so he may make it there for that
2: reason. Yeah, it goes both ways. So with players, you're worried about losing – You never know that you might not lose them. And for players that are sticking around and where you're like, that guy's taking up a roster spot and he's been terrible and someone else is getting cut. Well, again, remember week one, there's, there's a lot of things that the Packers have to do. So for example, Dalen Levitt, right? He Mm -hmm. has to start the season on the roster in order for them to put him on injured reserve so they can bring him back if he's able to come back. So if they have a player that they feel like they might want to bring back in November, December, whenever he's going to be able to come back and they want at least the option to return him, they can't just IR him now and give his roster spot to someone else. There's rules. There's reasons why things are the way that they are. There's reasons why the rosters in Week 1 are always different. There's always guys that make the Week 1 roster, and then they get cut, and they don't end up playing beyond that. And there's a lot of implication on that, too, because if you look at some of these contracts, if a player makes the initial roster, there's some kickers and bonuses and incentives and stuff like that. And and then some players who don't make it Week 1 and come back in week two are now subject to like prorated week to week, and they don't get some of that guaranteed money and stuff. So they, it makes a big difference financially. But the, and, and so there's there's financial, there's special teams, like you said, the offense, defense, your best players. What's the best matchup week one? So there's a lot of uh, a lot of you know proverbial cards being played around the league. Teams kind of jockeying with each other, playing things close to the vest, and and there's also some gambling that goes on too because. Like you said, it only takes one team to swipe your to swipe your hopes and dreams out from under you, and a, and a team claims a player that you swore was going to be able to get back on the practice squad. So I think, well, I was. I th-
1: think we make too big a deal of this.
2: We we, we this. do, but you know, because there hasn't been any anything else really to, to talk about. That this well, is just one of the. Well, we all worry about pre- the roster.
1: We all worry, and fans especially worry mm-hmm. about it. And fans get so upset when they cut a guy that I mean, let's let's bring up Kurt Benker, right? Paul's Paul's brother-in-law, and Paul, I hope you are listening. And I know, you know, everyone loved Kurt Benker, right? Good. Seems like a, I don't know him personally, but it seems like a real good guy. Very funny on Twitter. Um, There's a nice, just a good old guy. There's a good, But let's be honest. Not a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a good NFL quarterback. Packers cut him a couple months ago, right? Yep. And people were up in arms. Packer fans were going nuts. Like they, like they traded, they, Rodney Adams getting traded didn't cause as much furor as, as Kurt Benker getting cut. Right. Mm-hmm. And, he didn't get no one, no other team signed him. What does that tell you? Right. He's not an NFL quarterback. Right. I mean, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, Packers are going to cut Tyler Goodson. They're going to cut him. They're running back from, from Iowa. Mm-hmm. And people and the fans are going to go berserk. Oh my God. He had such a great preseason. How could they cut this guy? Oh my God. He's going to get picked up. By... And guess what? Took clear waivers. And if he doesn't, there'll be another Tyler Goodson out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> BJ Baylor wasn't much. I thought they were kind of even myself. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll pick him up and put him on a practice squad. It's it's I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think Did the Packers ever in recent years anyway, have they cut a guy who got picked up by another team and went on to be a star or even a, or even a, an impact, you know, not, not even star, but a good, you know, a starter.
2: Well, everyone will use Micah Hyde.
1: Oh, he get cut. He was a free agent. Oh, that's different. right.
2: Yeah, he's a free. Agent. They, they didn't. They didn't resign him. But as far as as a cut, well, I can't think.
1: Bills gave him a ton of money. The Packers weren't going to give him that kind of money to be a backup.
2: I can't. I can't think of a cut. Well, I'm talking off about the the top got of, cut. I, I can't think of one off the Taysom top of my. Hill's
1: head. Hills, the people was the one people will talk about, but Payson Hills, a, a kind of a Saints
2: creation. He didn't go on to no. He didn't go on to do anything great. He yeah, they won some games and stuff like that. But he's he's not a great player.
1: No, he's a he's a gadget guy that Sean Payton kind of create it i don't think if the packers kept him i don't think they would have done those kind of things to be honest with
2: you right if he was such a great player it wouldn't have been so laughable that he his uh saints team shut out tom brady at home last season right because they mean, did they did yeah, they beat did. him they beat but him not nothing he don't play
1: defense
2: <laughs> no but no but i'm just saying i'm just saying if the the narrative and like the 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 you know the way that people see him and look at him he's not right He's, you know, the rational real real fans don't see him he's as a, a great player. He's a player. good he's,
1: gadget player. Right. But you got to be a team that uses gadget players. And Mike McCarthy never, when that's who cut him. Mike McCarthy was still the head coach, I believe. I'm sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. And McCarthy didn't use that kind of guy. Right. So he didn't fit. He was a third-string quarterback for the Packers, and they only kept two quarterbacks. Um, but I'm saying, you know, the running backs they've cut, wide receivers they've cut, linebackers, whatever. I, I can't think of any of them that have been, like, they cut, oh, my God, they cut that guy, and he went on and somebody else picked him up, and he's been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, they're, they're, I'm sure our listeners will come up with somebody, and I appreciate it if you do. But, I it ha, I mean, there's nobody at the Packers, in, in my opinion. I don't think anybody the Packers cut whenever they whenever they make their final cuts they have till next Tuesday. But since they play Thursday, they may do it sooner. I don't think there's anybody that they cut that's, that I'm going to say, oh, my God. I can't believe they cut that guy. Oh, it's terrible. Right. <laughs> I just I don't, you know. And, and and again, they know more than we do. So when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like I was I'll be honest, I'm still a little surprised they cut Dominique Daphne. hmm But he was hurt and that's the other thing. The Packers aren't putting up with this anymore. They're not putting up with these guys like that, that. If you're hurt and you're a fringe guy, you ain't making it. Right. <laughs> they they've cut they cut Vernon Scott the other day but right. he was running he was a, he was running as a third safety
2: yeah get your health he get hurt. your health together and then come back because we're not gonna we're not gonna hinge our hope on this and we're and if you're a fr- and you and know, if you're a fringe right. if you're a fringe guy then they're gonna right. just they're gonna continue trying to churn the the back half of the roster and find other players who are available and figure it out after the fact i mean i, I, I we saw the Packers do that a lot where they hung on to guys they had this loyalty factor and it's you know it's great i mean it's nice Especially because Packers fans get attached to players too and they don't want these guys to go. But if you're talking about player like you know, Daphne, he he was a tough one. You have to assume that was very health related because when healthy, he was very effective on special teams and he got in there on offense a little bit too.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: I thought he was a better tight end than some of the other guys that are still on the roster. So right. I don't, but again, it was health. Like you said, it was health related. And he wasn't, you know, they're not, they're not messing around. They're not, they're not putting up with that. So
2: right.
1: you brought up Levitt. I'm starting to think that maybe he's not as hurt as, as first thought.
2: Well, if he's if if the if the idea that he might get kept and put on injured reserve so he can be brought back is true, That's, then who's saying it's, that? Just it, just just people. Packers uh, no, I I, said that. No, I don't know. I know, no, but I don't. I mean, I don't need a beat writer to st- or, or somebody with a check mark on Twitter to say something for it to to be a good idea. Cause, I mean, good ideas can come from anywhere. Really? I did. It was just at a discussion uh, on Twitter, and I don't remember. Oh, I know. Oh, I don't know where it originally
1: happened, and it and it very well could. Yeah. But it could also be that maybe he's not hurt that badly, and they're, they're going to keep him, and he'll be inactive for the first couple of weeks. Keep that in mind too. There's six guys aren't going to play every week. Six of the 53 aren't aren't going to play. Right. So you, you have to put somebody down. Right. You know.
2: Yeah, and that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying is is and so there's all sorts of different angles that a team can take, and we do do this every year where we talk about the roster and all these gnashing of teeth as they say over the moves that they might or might not make when it's like week 1 is always weird an anomaly throw it out from the for the averages and look at the results on the field too there's going to be upsets and all sorts of teams that are going to win a game in week 1 oh, yeah. that they would never win in november december never
1: oh week week 1 i did stories on on this where you know looking back like you know like the 12th week of the season going back and looking at who beat whom in week 1 and you're like what <laughs> Like, you know, um, yeah. Teams that win week one sometimes, and you know, you you look back at week in week twelve, and that a team that won is now you know three and nine, and team and the team they beat is nine and three. You're like, how'd that happen? Well, how did it happen? The team that's nine and three didn't play anybody in preseason, and the team in three and nine played everybody in preseason.
2: Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So lot to be figured out there. I mean, as as far as me, I never really gave my what I'm looking for in the, in the final preseason game. I mean, you, you mentioned the offensive, uh, the offensive lineman, Caleb, uh, Caleb Jones. Jones. And this, that's what I'm looking for is, you know, if guys are going to make a final push and they're going to make this roster because they put together another solid performance, because there is something to be said. If you've played in all three preseason games and you've improved each game and you fix some of the mistakes and you can work your way on. I mean, Yash Nyman was in this position a couple years ago. Might they have found another gem at at offensive linemen? I mean, he's got great size, Jones does. Oh, it's, he's a monster. He's got great size. And your concern is is, okay, are you relying on your size or do you actually have good technique? Well, it turns out he's not bad. So we'll see if he ends up cracking the roster or if he's one that ends up, making it to the practice squad. You know, you talk about other teams being excited about uh, a player. I can see some GM, at least one out of the other 31 GMs in the league, looking at his size and being intrigued and saying, hey, if you're going to cut him, you know, we're not very good. We'll, we'll take him. Like you said, some of those teams that just, the Jets, Jags, you know, some of those those Correct. teams that are, are, I guess we can throw the hey, Bears. The Jaguars trader for Cole Van Lannen. Cole, that was great. We should have mentioned that too. The Cole Van Lannen a sixth rounder getting flipped for a seventh rounder a year later, those things matter. I mean, people are like, Oh, who cares? The seventh rounder. It, that matters. That's a draft pick. I mean, that's something you can use as ammo to get another pick up? or move up or for something. Enough. I mean, you know how many trades end up getting a seventh rounder thrown in there and it's, it's a, a significant player or something else. I mean, that could or you be, you can use
1: that. They could use that seventh rounder to get, to trade for like, you know, the, the the Packers have made some trades themselves in recent years for players under 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 Gutten, Cause right? They they traded for for the punter last year. They they traded for Randall Cobb to keep Aaron happy. I'm trying to think who else. Didn't they? No, they just signed Allen Lazar. They didn't they didn't have to trade for him. But, right. Um, I mean, they, I'm you know I'm sure there's there are some positions like we said. Maybe I still want a tight end, a backup safety, maybe a backup edge rusher you know there might be some team out there that's holding on to a guy hoping they can get a 7th round pick for him well now the packers have an extra 7th round pick that they can they could part
2: with right yeah and all
1: jacksonville's 7th round pick which would be a pretty good seven, you know it's yeah. almost a 6th round pick
2: yeah higher I'm higher hoping, in the round
1: i'm i'm hoping the packers 6th round pick and and jacksonville's 7th round pick are back to back meaning the packers would pick last cuz they won a the super bowl right and jacksonville will be the worst team
2: again well, and it, and again, so again, Tyler Davis and Tyler Davis is going to be an interesting one. He's very frustrating. I mean, he's been absolutely just astoundingly bad
0: in the this green, preseason. Yeah. I
2: can't think of, and there are examples, I know there are, but I can't mark if you can think of an example of a player who has had a worse overall preseason than than Tyler Davis because it, everything he does is bad. There isn't, you know, it's not like there's some redeeming snap somewhere Every time he has been in a play of significance this preseason, he has bungled it. He's turned yeah, it over. It, you know, a ball goes off his hands or he fumbles. He's just, and I know that, the, that we're also comparing him against the expectations that we had for him because he was on the roster last year. He wasn't this bad during the regular season last year. He wasn't great, but, you know, I, I, and I do remember he had that stupid drop against the Lions, but no one cared at that time because they didn't really need the Lions game we were all thinking about the playoffs and we didn't care about what happened in Detroit and Davis had, that, had that drop there and then he carries it over this season and it just hasn't been very good. Well, we'll see. We'll see if he actually ends up sticking on the roster, ends up well, staying if he for, does
1: it's for special teams, which worries. Apparently he's pretty good. They say
2: so special teams. That's another thing. Cause you know, when we, when we went, we the, the game hadn't happened. So you had some special teams mishaps in the first preseason game. And then lo and behold, on two straight, Returns last week. You've got twelve men on the field for one and ten men on the field for the next. The Packers have this shiny new toy in Rich Bisaccia, who comes in and is supposed to be helping fix all of this stuff, and they're still having some of these issues. And I said on quick slants earlier this week, I don't know how teams and coaching staffs operate on the sideline, but I don't feel like you need to be an expert on how that goes. And even across the different teams and how they might do it differently to know that by the by the end of a preseason and even at all, you should not have the wrong number of guys on the field for a play.
1: No, you shouldn't. I agree hundred percent. The only, if there's any defense to that, and it's a weak defense, but it's that it's, it's late in a preseason game that even the, the backup backups aren't in right at this point. So it get it could get confusing as to who's supposed to be out there and who's not supposed to be out there at that given time. Now, and if, if, that, I'm, if I'm coming to their defense, it's, and I said it's a weak defense, but that, that's probably the answer. But it's, it's no excuse. You should, you know, there's, ne- there's never an excuse. There's ne- really never an excuse to only have ten. I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. I could see the twelve where a guy thought he was supposed to be out there, and no, you're out of the game now. You're not, you know, like you know. But again, there's no. It's, it's it's terrible. It's sloppy. It's it's what bad teams do. Good teams don't get called for twelve men or ten men on the field. You don't get called for 10. You put yourself at a disadvantage, obviously. But, yeah, no no, no reason for it. You know, this is supposed to be the new and improved special teams, not the same old that we've seen the last couple of years. So the special teams was not good. The bad returns. The good thing of special teams last week was they may have found themselves a, a decent young young kicker. Possibly.
2: He had to make a tackle last week. That was also frustrating. They, gave up, a, they gave up a 59-yard return while we're talking about special teams. But maybe. Yeah. And, and – The fact that they keep... Here's the other thing, too. How many weeks in a row have we worked kicker into our topic of conversation, Mark? They keep bringing in kickers. And so the fact that they keep bringing in kickers... I don't remember if this is a normal part of their process at the end of training camp because they know that they're going to go through the regular season and they're really not going to have much of a chance to look at guys because it's going to be Mason Crosby. But does the fact that they keep bringing in kickers mean that it's possible that his recovery is a little slower than they thought, and is there a chance that he's not going to be ready for Week One? Well,
1: that's the obvious, you know, red flag that went up. But then Crosby came out and said, "No, I'm, you know, listen, I'm fine. I, w- I went out and I kicked. There's no way I'm missing the opener." So that put that to rest. I think, you know, what what this team does, and a lot of teams do it, but they do it especially under under and They they do their due diligence. They they make they don't leave any. They they look under every rock for for whatever whether it's a kicker a punter a return guy a, and and you know and when you look enough that's how you find Alan Lazard that's how you find Roswell Douglas that's how you find um, you know some of the other guys that they found on on the quote unquote you know street free agent type guys that you know nobody else wanted right I mean Roswell Douglas was sitting on Arizona's practice squad Jeez. now he's you know, and he makes all pro last year. So, I mean, you know, when you do your homework and, and you work a little extra hard, it, it it pays you now. Maybe they didn't sign any of those kickers, so but they brought him in. Now they have a list of, you know, Crosby is older. He is coming off an injury. So, you know, he'll be healthy day one. But what if that acts up again in week five? Well, and, well, and like you of, said,
2: we, we need an answer in 2023, 24 and beyond that too. And hey, you know what? Speaking of seventh round picks, Mark, that seventh round pick could end up being the kicker. Exactly. You know, they might end up taking a kicker or or something like that. Yeah, I mean But what
1: I'm saying why they bring guys in is so week 5 Crosby's I don't even know what he has. They already know the answer. They already
2: have an idea. Yeah. They
1: don't have right, they don't have to go through that process. They they look at their list and say, "Oh, this this is the one we had he he was the best of the five. Is he still available?" Oh, no. Oh, he signed with the with the Colts, so I scratch him off. Well, the second guy, yeah, okay, he's a okay, called. You know what I'm saying? Team, that's just dude, That's, you know, every team, at least I know, team but most teams, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure every team, they have a lit They have a board. I mean, probably now it's all computerized, but some teams probably still have an actual hard copy board um, with every available player by position. So quarterback, running back, receiver of of you know players that have been cut that haven't signed with anybody or free, you know, people that are just out there. And they rank them in terms of who they feel is best for them. And so when they need a running back, if they need a receiver, if they need a tight end, if they need whatever, they just go to their board and they call the first guy on the list. Hey, you still want to play? You know, get on a flight to Green Bay tomorrow morning.
2: Right. They do tryouts. What's tryout day every week? Tuesday. And is that – I mean, how how big of a deal is that for – the media to look into do they get a sense for whether somebody might be a I know obviously it's a bigger name but is that is that a big deal or do you kind of just wait till Wednesday when you have media availability and if they mention mentioned somebody then it's a big deal
1: it's, it depends I mean it's got to be somebody worth to me it was I had to be somebody worth I mean team doesn't see nowadays it's different too now I've, I've been gone for, for five years now you don't now it's out there now it's like we know who the Packers brought in for workouts
2: mm-hmm before, you didn't know. I ne- never. It, it didn't make the paper.
1: No, because you didn't know. I mean, I sometimes had my little eyes in the sky or whatever you want to call them, call me sometimes and say, hey, we had so-and-so in today. And I go, oh, that's like it was a named person, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. And I would write a little story. The biggest one I ever wrote about was and it was Ray Rhodes last year. And uh, they brought Kerry Collins in, right. the quarterback. Yep. And apparently Ray wanted to sign him. That's what Eagles had. No the Eagles were, they, they were bad that year. And their quarterback play was beyond bad. And, um, this was early in the year. It was like maybe week four or whatever it was. They brought Kerry Collins in. And, um, I found out about it and wrote about it and Ray wanted to sign him. And the front office who wanted to get rid of Ray at that point, anyway, said, no, yeah. We're now we're, we're not signing him. Okay. And, uh, Ray, Ray was wasn't real happy about that, and uh, when I they then people weren't happy about my story either. <laughs> right. Because I, I don't think they wanted it out that they brought Kerry Collins in. Right. Well, and then and then, and then I think he signed with yeah, because then he signed with New Orleans and they beat Dallas. He beat Dallas, and I was and so that made my that made me, you know, oh yeah, he's beating Dallas, and the Eagles could have you know, I mean, and Eagles people weren't happy about Eagles fans weren't happy about that.
2: Right. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of lot of great stories there in roster turning. And everybody will, you'll get some argument too because some fans will say like, well, well, the Packers are in on every conversation, but then the Julio Joneses of the world go and play for Tampa Bay. But I think your point, it's not about right. Julio Jones would have been a fix for right now, maybe. And how many games is he going to play? They already have Sammy Watkins on the roster. I would rather them do the hard work and figure out and try to find a gem that can play on this team, even if it's just a special team stud for three years over, you know, a half a year or one year of Julio Jones. Cause this team hasn't won a championship in over 10 years. Anyway, it's like, it's not like they're winning every year. And it's like, Hey, we already know what works. We don't know. We, we don't, we don't know what works necessarily because it's new coaching staff, new regime. It's been a long time. They haven't won. Who knows if Julio Jones would have or wouldn't have made the difference. I'm more willing to say, Hey, I'd rather, I'd rather continue to have a stockpile of, of players that can step in next year beyond two, three, four years down the road. That's why I think, Goody is such a great was such a great hire a pick because he's got the continuity, he understands the culture, knows the team and, and the people inside the organization, and he does a good job of looking beyond just the now. And, you know, you can throw the Jordan Love pick out because that was obviously there was a lot of a lot of things, a lot of factors that went into that whole that whole thing right there. But don't ever put yourself in a position where, like you said, you're scrambling to have to put together tryouts or find a guy like have a list of dudes and, and right. other teams do this. I'm not, you know, Brian Gutekunst oh, yeah. is not some, you know, savant that does this that no other teams do. I know that a lot of other, other teams do, but this is why I believe in the front office. And this is why no matter what the cuts end up being after this chiefs game and whatever they end up doing going into week one, as befuddling as it might be in my mind or on paper or whatever it is, a it's week one, things are going to change and b it's Brian Gutekunst. He's he's given us no reason to think that he can't put together a winning team. This team's been on the doorstep. They've just tripped over themselves and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe futilely, but we'll see. We hope that this team will finally stop tripping over itself and get it done this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: I <hold> <laughs> I'm I, I'm still well, I know what you're saying. I, I hope yeah, Holyo know, Jones wasn't to me. I mean, you know, Holyo Jones three, four years ago, yeah, I would have loved him. He's, you know, he's on the downside of his career. There's a reason he was out there as long as he was out there. Mm-hmm. I still, and again, I don't want to harp on this, but <laughs> instead of trading two second-round picks to move up and take Christian Watson, I would have rather them use one of their, their first and a second-round pick or whatever and, and, and gone up and gotten, you know, one of the guys we talked about and talked about and talked about and talked about and talked about. And talked about, and talked about. <laughs> In the, in the draft, you know, like a Chris Olave or one of those. That's
2: all. I, I
1: would not want it That's again, and I could be a Watson could prove me wrong. I really hope he does.
2: Yeah. Well, lot to lot to be seen. I'm I'm excited to see Christian Watson because if Watson yeah, yeah, can,
1: is is he going to play tonight?
2: Yes, as far as I know. Yeah, That'll
1: be good to see. That. As far as
2: I know, he's I mean, he got he's got to get some game action in there before week one. Now, if he ends up, you know, making a couple plays, now he's playing with Jordan Love and. It's yeah. his, his first game action, so I don't know that we'll how much we'll see of him. But if he can make a couple plays and get Nobody a little likes. get a little bit of of reps under his belt going into the first week, and you've already got Romeo Dobbs who's been playing in preseason games, and he'll be a little more ready for Week One as well because he's going to get a chance to play a little bit. He may not start, but I still think it's Lazard, Watkins, and Cobb as no, you're yeah. starting as you're starting three when the first snap goes down. But Dobbs is going to get in there and. Watson will probably get in there as well. I mean, we probably see Amari Rodgers at at some point too. I, he's not going to not make the roster too. By the way, can we talk about Amari Rodgers? Is he getting cut? No, no.
1: He's not going to cut his third round pick from a year, from the year prior year.
2: Well, and he he's he hasn't been great, but I don't think no. he's been like this unmitigated disaster. And I'm not even using Tyler Davis as the bar because Tyler Davis is way way down there. I, I now
1: I, I'll I'll ask you this. I thought about. It. I didn't write this, but I thought about it. They're not going to cut Amari Rogers. He's not. Ryan because is not going to cut. I got it. He traded up in the third round to get Last a just later. a
2: year ago. Correct. Would
1: they trade Amari Rogers?
2: Possibly. He's any, any player on this roster, say for Aaron Rodgers is, and I, I guess you could throw Kenny Clark in there, Rashawn Gary, you know, there's, there, a lot of these players are touchable. That's what I thought about too. And, I, is, and, and,
1: I, and, I, and again, I'm not trading him for a seventh round
2: pick. That no, be, no.
1: And I'm not, even, I'm not even trading for a pick because I don't know what kind of pick you would get. But let's say a team is desperate for a slot a slot receiver, but has maybe you know three good tight ends or a pretty good you know three good safeties. Maybe I'm just I, and I'm, I'm 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 basing this off nothing other than I don't know how you know I'm, I'm just saying I don't think they're going to make a move. I think they're I don't know what they're going to do with wide receiver. Like that's how we started the whole show by saying. Mm-hmm can they keep eight jeez oh, eight <laughs> yeah well look at,
2: look at a stack position right now uh, at least as it stands right now if some team you're talking about teams that look at, at good teams and want their players well inside linebacker right now if someone wants a like a Chris Barnes for example and they're willing to overpay you could see yeah. some moves you could see some moves get made because I think the Packers like what they have in Devondre Campbell. And then I guess it depends on how much they believe that, that Quay Walker can step in and and play. I think Isaiah McDuffie's played well in preseason, but it's been against threes and fours. I I don't, he, he strikes me as one that would get in a regular season game where we'd be like, Whoa, that was a very different look. And that's the (laughs) other thing we have to, you have to temper your expectations because these guys are not playing against starters and they're not playing against, unless you're playing the Ravens, the the, the goal is not to win a pre, uh, unless you are the Ravens, the goal is not to win a preseason game. You know, well, so I think
1: you want to win, but it's not the goal. It's not number one. Well,
2: it's 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 not. I mean, you would hope. I would rather not worry about the result of a preseason game and go through my checklist of things I want to get answers, to exactly. the questions answered. You know, like formations, situational stuff. Like if you have to sacrifice points in order to to go into your two minute offense for at a, at a different time of the game or something like that, then. Get the answer to the question. Do what do what you need to do for the bigger, the greater picture. Because no one is going to remember who won a preseason game in, in any year. No one's going to look back and remember that. You know, unless no, you were, I,
1: No, I agree. Yeah, I'm, you know how I feel about pre. I don't. Right. It's it's practice. It's, it's score. And I'll tell you this too. I mean, and I know we got to wrap it up, but you know, we we put a lot of we put when I say we, you know, fans, media, whatever. We put a lot of a lot into the preseason games because that's what we see they put it on TV and we watch it coaches. And I know this for a fact, they they, don't get me wrong. They'll, they'll put stuff in there. But like, like you said, Mick Mick McDuffie has looked great going against, uh, New Orleans and San Francisco's backups. Right. Right. But, but McDuffie also practices every day with that. The coaches get to see, and they watch, you know, they watch practice over and over again because they're, they're filming all the practices. So he's going against Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and, and those guys, you know, the Packers' first-team offense. So they're they're getting to look to, to look at him there as well. So sometimes when a guy makes a team or doesn't make a team, it's not based off what we saw in three games. It's what they saw every day in practice. Plus the plus the game. I'm not saying the games are, don't count at all. But if if a guy played, you know, if a guy had three good games but was awful every day in practice, they might cut him because okay, like you said, he played good again. The guys that you played good against, they're getting cut too, right? And vice versa. There might be a guy that looked that you know didn't play so well in those couple games, but he's really he's done well in practice every day. So, yeah, we we put way too much stock in what. And again, it's because what we see. We don't see practice every day, right? The fans, fans, the writers should and do, but a lot goes into to, to the, the compilation of a of a final roster, and it's it's. It's not easy. It's not. It's not an easy job that these guys have to do. I mean, you know, and it's not easy for the player. I mean, a lot of guys are like. We talk about it. They're going to keep this guy cut. This is guys' lives are being affected.
2: Yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, we're as fans, we're selfish. Because we just we want the best players, and it's like, oh, it's football. It's you know the availability is the best ability. It's a, it's a business and all that other kind of stuff. But a lot of things, there's a lot of impact. There's a lot of a lot of things that go on and, and families and all all kinds of stuff. I and mean, we can get and into good the, and bad. Yeah, good I mean, and good and bad. I and mean, we can get in we can get into the human aspect of it here too. And and that's one of the reasons why obviously why like you said earlier with the whole Kurt Banker thing. Like you know we take to and love really good good people like great right. athletes and and that's why in like you know Randall Cobb for example too like there's there's players that are just always going to be revered in green but Leroy Butler like they just because they're present they're positive they're part of the community like they're part of the fabric of of this team but every player ends up getting cut every every player ends up getting you know it, it's either you know, some are fortunate to retire on their own terms, but the other nine out of ten are told when it's over with, yep. and and they don't get that choice, or it's an injury, or something like that. So more to but come. On, I mean, on, on
1: the flip side, there's a guy like Caleb Jones who has a chance to make the team, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's making what's minimum now, seven hundred, some thousand. Yep. So here's a guy that you know has a chance to make a a lot of money for an undrafted guy that. Wasn't supposed to make the team. He thinks, and you know, all right, I'll make the practice squad and make them whatever they make, five thousand a week or whatever it is. Now he's making, you know, legitimate money and probably, you know, has a career ahead of him.
2: Well, it ain't gonna be uh, Colan Van is one less guy, so it's, that's that's Jones is one step closer to making this team because there's one less guy he's got to compete with for yeah, a roster I mean, spot. I, it's if, gonna be if, interesting. It's gonna they,
1: be interesting to see what they do. At a lot of spots, like I said, the third running back, the wide receiver, offensive line. Another thing, if if Bakhtiari and Jenkins, now they're both going to be on the team, obviously, because mm-hmm. they took them off pup. Yep. But if they're not ready to, if they're not ready to play week one, you're going to need some. You can't just keep, you know, eight offensive linemen if two of them are hurt. You would have to go a little heavier there until you know both of them are. 100% ready to play.
2: So it's almost like the best of both worlds. You know you're going to get your studs back, but you can keep or protect one or two extra guys. Right. Because by the second or third week of the season, if you cut a guy and you you wanted to keep him, it's it's this this, this two weeks between the, the third preseason game and the beginning of the season where there's a lot of um, plucking. But oh, once be a lot of moves made. Once you get into the season and teams have their roster set, week two, three, four, it's a different story. There's still going to be teams that will claim not as many. No. Because some teams right. are set.
1: You know, the only way things happen then is if a, if they if a team loses a key player, which, know, always changes, gets hurt. which always changes, which yeah. always changes
2: everything. And and there's there's and lately too, this is the other thing too. Don't forget, in every last couple seasons, there's always been a surprise veteran who just becomes available week three or four, and and that the, and he's not done playing, but that team is is moving on from him for whatever reason. Oh, see Whitney, Whit- merciless, see right. Whitney merciless. Exactly, and so that's why I'm that's what I'm hopeful the Packers can take advantage of because I'll tell you this this whole pass rush thing and I know that Enik everyone was really enamored by a couple of moves he put on there I think he's gonna struggle he'll play but I think he's gonna struggle at first I don't think he's gonna be this big you know have this big impact right away but we didn't see anything out of out of you know one of the guys you talked about we needed to see something from Jonathan Garvin nada this that pass rush I'm hoping they can find a guy like that because they need they need a dude they need a dude.
1: They need a veteran. They need a veteran backup. Garvin, a, Garvin just, just hasn't. He
2: hasn't. He had, he has not done anything. And and Teepa is is a little bit too small. Like right, they right. they need they need some depth because those guys still play 25 30 percent of the snaps. That's not a small number during I the game. No,
1: I I've been saying that all along. They, I don't think they're. I think they're they're going to look at every possible veteran edge rusher that becomes available as they should. And they might even again that's where a trade could come in too. You know, right. Maybe a right. team doesn't want to, they don't want to cut a guy because they think they can get something for him. And now the Packers have an extra seventh round pick that they can use as bait. Right. Maybe it takes two seventh round picks to get him. Well, it's going to, it's, it's,
2: it's going to be interesting. It's, it's, this is, it is, you know, as always every year, it's for, for it's own on its own merit. It's interesting, but this year, especially because you know, that, that championship opportunity is, is once again here, but a lot of young players are going to be counted on. So the roster construction this year is going to be very important. And you got special teams, and how many guys are going to make it for that? So, more to come. But what's so so? with this being the final preseason game? What's up at Packer Report now? and What's coming up?
1: Well, what's up as we speak is or as we speak because we're doing this Wednesday night. Is this a story based? Um, just what got better and what got worse after the Kansas, after the uh, New Orleans game? Just a little look back at that game that was up Monday. Now coming later today, Thursday, um, is a lot a lot of what we talked about. Um, the, the, the tough decisions that uh, Guttenkunst and his staff and, and, and LaFleur are going to have to make um, and wh- which way they may go with, at both at receiver and running back and offensive line and secondary and whatever else. Just, just, a, just a little story about that. Um, you, you're talking about guys getting moved and traded. Um, just off the beaten track for a second. Did you see this story about this guy? Um, I'm hoping to say his name is, uh, Hugo Amari. I did not. A cornerback from safety. So the Eagles, he was in Seattle. He was actually, I think, a third round pick, third or fourth round pick of the Seahawks a couple of years ago. Seattle trades him to the this is like last week. Seattle trades him to the Eagles for wide receiver uh, JJ Arcadia Whiteside.
0: Mm-hmm. Player
1: for player yep. a, a rare player for player trade, but but they make the trade. So Seattle gets the wide receiver, Eagles got get a defensive back. Wednesday afternoon, the Eagles trade him to Tennessee for a 2024 draft pick. Not even not even this year's draft. To pick him 2024. The guy the guy like he, he's been he's gone from he's been traded twice in the span of ten days uh-huh. or not even yeah nine days whatever it was. I mean, talk about you know teams looking at, you know roster churning or or whatever you want to call it. But he's from he went from Seattle to Philly to Tennessee.
2: Right. Right, yeah, there's, and there's, then
1: who knows what's going to happen here? Tennessee might cut him, and he's like, what well, then get and he gets picked up by some, you know, he, who knows? It's play it's for his, like,
2: he'll be on his sixteen by the middle of September. My only,
1: my only thing there is Seattle or Tennessee must probably wanted him from Seattle, but didn't have what Seattle wanted in in return. It's mm-hmm. my only thinking. There's like so they kept their eye on him when the Eagles got him. They kept calling the Eagles to see if they, if they could. I mean, I I, 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 I'm I'm speculating that, but. It's weird for a guy to get traded that quickly. You know what I'm saying?
2: Right. Right. Yeah. It's, well, it's, uh, there's always anomalies. There's always great stories and, and players who bounce around and who knows? I mean, we could be, we could be referring back to this a year from now when this, this guy pops or something big Yeah, he,
1: he could be Roswell Douglas, right?
2: <laughs> could end up. I mean, no one knew who Roswell Douglas was this time last year. I did. And, and the Packers, you know, if someone told you they were going to spend All this money on a on a corner that was not even on a a roster last year, you'd be like, "Ooh, what happened?" But something good. I mean, the Packers Mm -hmm. are looking looking pretty good. So that's the other thing too. Uh, Douglas took some snaps at safety. Vernon Scott got cut. So, so I mean, it's (laughs) yeah. Well, you know, finally they finally listened to our show, Mark. That's the thing is they finally. Well, I talked to him
1: as a rookie. He he just looks more like a safety. Sure. That's the other thing. If he's if he can play some safety and. Before he got hurt, they were talking about Savage playing some, some taking some snaps as a slot corner. With that versatility, they can go a little lighter there. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to keep a extra safety or corner just to keep them, right? right. I mean, because they have that verse, you know, then that saves a spot for the extra wide receiver for the extra offensive lineman. Right. I don't know. We'll
2: see. Right. A lot of cool stuff to figure out. Well, enjoy the last preseason game, and then all the, the magic and trickery to come. And by the time we regroup next week now mark you will not be here no i won't be here i have i believe secured the other third of our typical trio i believe paul brettel is going to be making a guest appearance and joining me in your absence next week so we'll talk about any roster moves that were made or any any buzz that's going on any buzz that's going on out there and we'll uh we'll catch you back the week leading into uh week one the break
1: Yep, I'll be back to, to preview that Viking game.
2: So, thanks everybody for riding along. As always, the Thursday edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Get out and enjoy the last preseason game wherever you're at. Hopefully, everybody is staying cool, staying hydrated. And as always, go pack, go.